Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, with Rev. Jennifer Hadley, a beloved teacher of the Course, who has helped thousands learn how to express their beliefs from moment to moment in their everyday lives. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Hello, so happy to be with you today, as always, such a blessing when we come together, transcending time and space by means of the internet, technology is our friend, (laughs) so we are uncovering our holiness, let it rip, (laughs) let's let our holiness out of the box, here we go. I'm Jennifer Hadley, and I'm for discovering, uncovering, and releasing our holiness. So I invite you to take a breath with me, and let's turn within. I always begin everything with a prayer. Love to bless everything. It's so powerful to use our mind consciously, intentionally. So we're consciously and intentionally blessing our time together. We're opening our heart and our mind to the higher Holy Spirit self. With my hand on my heart, I declare I'm wholeheartedly available for a divine download, divine insight, opening my awareness to the truth that sets us free. So grateful to release any and all attachments to playing small, to living in lack and limitation. We're surrendering those attachments here and now. We're opening ourselves to an unprecedented flow of divine love. We're cultivating a keen awareness of the truth. We're cultivating the willingness to choose love, to choose the atonement to choose to awaken. We're grateful and thankful that our loving choices bring benefit to all beings because we're one with them. And in deep and abiding gratitude, we allow our healing. We allow it to simply be. And so it is. Amen. 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 Indeed. Yes, yes, yes. All right, so for our connection today, I was guided to chapter 26, which is entitled The Transition, and it's section 9, entitled For They Have Come. So let's see what that means. I love this beginning here. It says, Think but how holy you must be from whom the voice for God calls lovingly unto your brother that you may awake in him the voice that answers to your call. Exclamation point. There aren't a huge number of exclamation points in A Course in Miracles, but here is one. So let's look at this again. Think but how holy you must be from whom the voice for God calls lovingly unto your brother that you may awaken him the voice that answers to your call. Very exciting. So what does that mean? Think but how holy you must be that the voice for God is calling to your brothers and sisters and The voice of God, the voice for God, God's voice in you has the ability to awake in your brother and sister the voice that answers the voice for God, that answers the call from the voice for God. That's how holy you have to be. This, we, each one of us is endowed with this holiness. So we're already as holy as holy can be. We don't have any way to become any more holy. And the reason we don't feel holy, the reason we feel 
and experience lack and limitation is simply because we are consciously focused on lack and limitation. So when we give up those thoughts of lack and limitation, then we can experience our holiness. And our brothers and sisters, upon whom we project the thoughts of lack and limitation, are our helpers in this. So when we have thoughts of lack and limitation about ourselves, about life, we oftentimes project it out onto other people. So we we don't wish to look at our own belief in our own negativity a lot of the time. We don't wish to look at the irresponsible choices that we make. And I'm using that word intentionally because taking responsibility is our way out of hell. Taking responsibility, the responsibility for sight, for everything that we see, everything that we see, that is the way out of hell. Because when we take responsibility for what we see, we can say, oh, okay, so my thoughts projected onto the screen of life brought me this experience. What can I learn from it? Is this what I'd like to continue making from my experience? Would I like to make something different? Would I like instead to express love and harmony and peace and beauty and wisdom and clarity and freedom and the spiritual qualities, the great rays that Jesus talks about in A Course in Miracles? I would like to experience that rather than what I have been making in my life. So we can make that shift through our intention, through our willingness, through our dedication and devotion. And this declaration that we're already so holy that there's the voice of God is speaking through us to awaken our brothers and sisters. That's how powerful we are. That's how perfect we already are. So if we concentrate on that, not that we have to convince anyone or tell anyone or teach anyone by what we say. Because the voice for God is not just auditory. The voice for God is how we live. It's our countenance, the way we look. Are we shining forth the light or are we complaining criticizing, blaming, and shaming. So, now it also says, think how holy he must be when in him sleeps your own salvation with his freedom joined. So, our brothers and sisters are just as holy as we are. Let us see the holiness in everyone. We can see the Christ in everyone, if we're willing. So this is what A Course in Miracles tells us repeatedly. Our little willingness is all that's required. So we're cultivating the willingness to see our own holiness, to see it reflected back to us in our brothers and sisters. And then together we join We experience the truth, we experience freedom, we experience healing, we experience the holy relationship. It says, however much you wish he be condemned, God is in him. So if you think of someone in your experience, could be a politician, could be a family member, could be someone you worked with, could be someone on the news that you know of could be an ancestor. Could They don't even have to be alive anymore. But however much you wish that person be condemned, remember, God is in them. God is in everyone equally. That will never change. So this is why Jesus said it so beautifully when he walked the earth. He said, what you do to the least of them, you do to me. And I find that is so helpful. So if you're rude to a telemarketer, would you... 
be the same way if Jesus was calling you on the phone? Would you be rude? You're interrupting my dinner. Don't call back. How did you get this number? Well, if you knew it was the Christ calling, would you still respond the same way? Would you react with anger, with upset, with irritation? You see, this is the beautiful thing about our life experience. It can seem overwhelming. It can seem so daunting to wake up, to choose love, to actively be compassionate and kind and patient and generous. It can seem so daunting. And yet, it's being willing to isolate the moments. This moment now is the holy instant. This moment now is the only now that I have. And in this moment now, I have the power and the ability and the wisdom to see a loving choice and to make it. So one of the things that helped me so much in transforming my mind was I really latched onto this. I really got every time I allow myself to express irritation, to express frustration, to express disappointment and hurt in just a willy-nilly way without any conscious contemplation around it. Just like, oh, I'm irritable now. Oh, I'm sad now. Oh, I'm feeling uh, angry now. Just spewing and spewing and spewing, which is what I used to do. I saw, oh, every single one of these opportunities, of which there are hundreds every day, I could make a different choice. And if I could just start to make five, ten, even one a day, It'll change my life. I began to see that. So I started to really recognize the wisdom of taking a breath. Just taking a breath. How would I like to respond to this? So that I'm constantly choosing. I am constantly and consciously choosing. So the ego is actively leading us into a life where we're busy all the time, where we feel overwhelmed a lot of time, we're on autopilot a lot of time, because then we will not see the loving opportunities to be patient and kind and generous, thoughtful, respectful, harmonious. So the ego is trying to keep us uber busy, So we do not see all these many opportunities to just take a breath and make a conscious choice. So I love the word devotee. I love the word devoted. And these words have such great, they're refuge to me. Taking refuge in devotion, in dedication in being a devotee to the teachings of Jesus, to the teachings of a wise one, an awakened one. Because in these teachings, everything that we need to wake up from the delusion of separation is in here. Everything we need is contained in here. And what's more... This curriculum, it's written in our heart. So I started practicing A Course in Miracles long before I found the book. I started to have many of these same thoughts about how to approach my life, about having a holy relationship, about recognizing the difference between the ego and the spirit. Many of us have. Sipping some water today. (laughs) I'm up in Maine. Uh, My family has a home here on Deer Isle, which is an island off the coast of Maine. So I went from an island in the middle of the Pacific to one uh, on the edge of, in the Atlantic. (laughs) And, uh, whew, that's a, that's a radical shift. And, um, 
it's mud season here. Uh, it still feels like winter sometimes because it gets pretty cold. But um, it's gorgeous and lovely, and I'm so happy to be here. I'm always happy to be anywhere where I can go out in nature and see the perfection and beauty of nature. Anyway, side road. So I'm drinking this nice uh, well water here, for which I am grateful. Yes, so again, there's another practice, just to be grateful. I'm grateful for the water. I'm thankful that I remember to be grateful for the water. Every time we choose gratitude instead of irritation, frustration, we are lifting our vibration. (laughs) I often notice when I'm sharing that like in A Course of Miracles, the rhymes just come. (laughs) Um, So yes, if you notice frustration and irritation, lift your vibration with gratitude. And gratitude allows us to move into that higher awareness where we can see and feel and hear and know more clearly the truth that sets us free. And since that's what we're after, let's have a living practice of actually embodying the gratitude. By embodying the gratitude, by these practices, you will receive so much more insight than you can ever get from reading this book. Because when we choose to be grateful and thankful, when we choose to move into that pause and consider what are our options here. In fact, I'm using as a a bookmark here um, my friend Mary Gerard Lenihan. She came up with a very simple thing called Pause for inspiration. And it's a four-step process. And she uh, teaches it uh, beautifully. And she has wonderful books and educational tools that they offer for free. For free. And you can get them. And I invite you to check it out. So if you go to pause for inspiration.org you can order these cards if you're a teacher or a parent you can get the pause for kids there's also a pause for parents and then there's a pause for everybody (laughs) so you can uh, there's give these simple tools out and share them with friends or a classroom or a church uh, congregation, I encourage you to check it out. Pauseforinspiration.org Free spiritual practice supplies that anyone can understand at any time. It's really simple. And she's got this four-step process. The first one is to pause. Just And so I've got the kids card here as my bookmark. So Pause. I choose to slow down, step back. I choose to take a deep breath. Three, step aside. I choose to look inside me and ask my inspired mind for help. So then the next step, number four, is let my inspired mind guide me. I choose to touch my heart and follow love. So this is a simple practice that kids can use when they're fighting, when they're upset, when they're angry. Pause. I choose to slow down. Step back. Take a breath. Step aside. Look within. Get inspiration. Let the inspiration guide me. Touch my heart and follow love. Very simple. So... This is the kind of practice that I started doing because I literally was so unhappy and so miserable. I just wanted to kill myself. I really did. And in that experience of feeling suicidal, I hit rock bottom. And I I was desperate. And I actually, I had given up really given up. Life felt hopeless to me and I felt helpless. I was helpless and hopeless. And without any hope, 
there was no point for me in going on. I just thought, why continue? This life is, I don't know how to make it work, and it feels like a hell to me. And it's just one disappointment after another. What is the point? I didn't know. And so I moved into a place of true surrender. And the only thing that kept me from killing myself was the love of my family. So never doubt that your love for someone is a powerful tool. And that is exactly what we're talking about here. So think how holy your brother must be when in him sleeps your own salvation with his freedom joined. So we join together in a holy relationship. You don't have to tell someone that you are cultivating a holy relationship with them. You don't have to tell them they do not need to know. Everything is known everywhere. There are no private thoughts because we share the one mind. So if you're feeling that you wish someone to be condemned, remember What you do to the least of them, you do to me. God is in everyone. And never will you know God is in you as well while you attack his chosen home and battle with his host. So you will not know your own divinity as long as you attack someone else. God lives in us all. If you attack another being, you're attacking God. If you're criticizing them, if you're condemning them, you're condemning yourself because you're one with God and so are they. So what Jesus tells us here is regard your brothers and sisters gently. Look with loving eyes on him who carries Christ within him, that you may behold his glory and rejoice that heaven is not separate from you. Look with loving eyes on him who carries Christ within him. So this is a big training. It's not the training of the world. It's not the training of the ego. It is the training of the Holy Spirit. So one of the things that I really struggled with was this. Uh, I, because I was so judgmental, and attack was my number one tool. So the idea of not attacking anymore, seeing the Christ in someone, that was really challenging for me. Of course, it's easy for people you like, and for people that you think are bad and wrong, it's not so easy. So this is the thing that I learned to do because I can remember so clearly uh, back in um, the 90s working in an office in a corporate environment and where there can be a lot of ego flying around. And I remember having a conversation with someone who... For whatever reason, in that moment, I found irritating, or maybe I was irritating to them. And I, in my upset, was really having a energetic pull, if you will, to criticize them, to judge them, to be right, to make them wrong, and to be argumentative and disrespectful. And I was was welling up in me and so I did this I started to say this and I got this from Emma Curtis Hopkins so all of you folks who are uh, New Thought students you'll you'll know uh, recognize the name Emma Curtis Hopkins she uh, was a uh, protege of Mary Baker Eddy who was the founder of Christian Science and Emma Curtis Hopkins was the teacher of the founders of Unity, the Fillmore's and she was also the teacher of the founder of Science of Mind Centers for Spiritual Living, Ernest Holmes the teacher of teachers they called Emma Curtis Hopkins well, I got this from one of her books so she would uh, if there was a situation or a person 
that there was seemed to be conflict, she would drop into her right mind, into her heart, and silently declare to that person's face, and this is what I would do too, right to their face, I'm listening to them, I'm feeling irritated, I'm feeling frustrated, I'm feeling like I'd like to lash out, but instead I would say, you are of God, and I demand a blessing from you. You are of God, and I demand a blessing from you. And I also would say sometimes, God, I do not know how to love this person, but I'm willing, and I'd like to. You know how to love this person. You already love them. Love them through me. Let me be that voice of love. Show me how. I'm willing. Teach me now. Now, obviously, God is not a person. He's not a you or she's not a you. God is the omnipresent, omnipotent creator. But still, sometimes we talk to God as though God is a person. (laughs) And that's what I was doing back then. And you know, it really helped me. It was a way to interrupt the pattern of blame and shame and negativity. really, really worked for me. So let's take that breath of love and gratitude together. You hear the music. It's time for me to go to a break. I'm Jennifer Hadley, and you're listening to A Course in Miracles on Unity Online Radio, where we're living the love, we're walking the talk, and we'll be right back. Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles. Living the love, walking the talk. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace through practical application as we return to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. And we're back. Thank you. I'm Jennifer Hadley, and this week we're talking about uncovering your holiness. We're looking at Chapter 26, Section 9, entitled, For They Have Come. And uh, who are they? They are our saviors. They are our brothers and sisters. So, it says here in Paragraph 2, Is it too much to ask a little trust for Him who carries Christ to you, that you may be forgiven all your sins and left without a single one you cherish still? What? No, is it too much to ask a little trust for the one who is bringing you Christ? For the one who is making it possible for all your sins to be forgiven and left without a single one? Is it too much to ask just a little trust for this guy? I don't think so. It says, forget not that a shadow held between your brother and yourself obscures the face of Christ and memory of God. And would you trade them for an ancient hate? So that shadow held between anyone and yourself is an ancient hate. It's come up for healing. It's the old karma from whatever place, time, space, whatever. It does not matter anymore. We don't need to go look at all the past lives or any of that. We can, but a lot of times that just becomes an ego's errand. Because our spirit already knows the much faster path of healing is to focus entirely on connecting with the higher Holy Spirit self rather than researching the past, looking back. There's just no need to look back anymore. If you find yourself looking back, I mean, it's one thing at the end of the day, many do this as a spiritual practice. It's a powerful spiritual practice to do a review at the end of the day and to look back and just look for the do-overs. You look for the moments when you could have been grateful, you weren't grateful, now you can be grateful. And be grateful for whatever took place that day that was in any way helpful to you. 
just being grateful for being alive is a worthwhile consideration. Absolutely, it's so precious, our human life, and many times we don't take it as being precious. We're just moving through things, trying to get things done, and it's all about doing, 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 when the opportunity to simply be human is such a precious gift to us. And so we're healing the negative karma, the residue of our choices and our decisions from previous incarnation. And now they show up as these experiences where people irritate us or so we think. We're really not irritated by other people. We're really not irritated by what's happening. We get irritated because we have a belief that's not true. And it's like the sand in the oyster. It can become a pearl of wisdom. Or it can just be an irritant for a really long time. Ultimately, it will become a pearl of wisdom. And the speed in our healing is up to us. So we can recognize here that any shadow held between your brother and yourself obscures the face of Christ and memory of God. The ground whereon you stand is holy ground because of them who, standing there with you, have blessed it with their innocence and peace. So we stand on holy ground because of our brothers and sisters who stand here with us. Their holiness is our holiness. It says the blood of hatred fades to let the grass grow green again and let the flowers be all white and sparkling in the summer sun. What was a place of death has now become a living temple in a world of light because of them, because of our brothers and sisters. It is their presence which has lifted holiness again to take its ancient place upon an ancient throne. So the holiness on the ancient throne is in our heart. Because of them have miracles sprung up as grass and flowers on the barren ground that hate had scorched and rendered desolate. Because of our brothers and sisters. What hate has wrought, they have undone. What hate has wrought, our brothers and sisters undo with us in our holy relationship with them. And now you stand on ground so holy, heaven leans to join with it and make it like itself. The shadow of an ancient hate has gone and all the blight and withering have passed forever from the land where they have come. What is a hundred or a thousand years to them or tens of thousands? When they come, time's purpose is fulfilled. What never was passes to nothingness when they have come. What hatred claimed is given up to love and freedom lights up every living thing and lifts it into heaven where the lights grow ever brighter as each one comes home. This, all this, all this heaven, all this healing, all this expansion, all this beauty, all this love comes from relinquishing the attack thoughts towards our brothers and sisters. So our simple willingness to see the Christ in everyone is our way home. It's our salvation. Again and again and again, Jesus tells us that our brothers and sisters are our salvation. And yet, do we not still sometimes cherish the upsets towards our brothers and sisters? We can let them all go. We don't have to figure out how to have a healing. All we need to do is be willing. 
So when we're willing to have a healing, we can share that with our brothers and sisters. And they are lifted up too. See how the holy relationship works. So beautiful and so powerful. So, what hate has wrought, have they undone? And now you stand on ground so holy, heaven leans to join with it and make it like itself. The shadow of an ancient hate has gone, and all the blight and withering have passed forever from the land where they have come. Think about how much you... Let's say there's something in your life that you really didn't like and you wanted to change. So for someone, it might be their health, might be their weight, might be their financial status, might be their relationship, could be any kind of a relationship, could be their career. And think of how much effort and work and like pedal to the metal kind of energy you have poured into trying to make something be the way you'd like it to be in this world. Working and working and working to make something be the way you'd like it in this world. When instead you can simply allow heaven to join with you by seeing your brothers and sisters as the Christ, remembering in every choice that we make, what we do to the least of them, we do to Jesus, we do to the Christ, we do to the Beloved. You see, these simple turns of our mind, these simple shifts and changes, make all the difference. Isn't it a much better use of our time and energy to pour into this holy relationship experience with everyone we meet? I began to pray to have a holy relationship in everything, in everyone, with everyone. Only holy relationships. And wow! I had a lot of relationships shifting, let me tell you. Made such a difference in my life. And there were a number of relationships that were totally ego-based. I didn't recognize it at the time, but they faded away. And some just dropped away. And you know what happened? Is they be, They were replaced with relationships that are far more loving, far more fruitful, far more enjoyable, far more harmonious. And then those relationships that have remained with my immediate family members and certain friends and things like that, they just got better and better and better. I am all in for this holy relationship Really, it's just remarkable how much healing we can have if we're willing to follow these teachings. So, if you're new to this radio show, I encourage you, there are so many episodes on relationship. And, because there's more than 230 episodes as of today. And, in uh, oftentimes in the month of February, I will do... The series on relationship, but I do relationship episodes all year around because it's a primary way for us to have a healing, like it says right here, and to awaken, to hear God's voice, and to be a truly helpful, loving presence. And while I'm speaking about that, I'll just mention that I, I've been a spiritual counselor since 2000, been, uh, counseling people and I my training is as a science of mind practitioner from the agape community in Los Angeles and I also have my ministerial license from there I went to the Ernest Holmes Institute for a number of years and uh, got my training as a minister and I 
can honestly say that being a spiritual counselor for all these years has been one of the most helpful things for me in my own awakening because I get to join with others and be in the holy instant with them. I've had so much healing in those healing sessions because I went into those counseling sessions, I do go into those counseling sessions, intending for a healing to happen. One session is all that's needed, let's have a healing. And the Holy Spirit does the heavy lifting. And I have learned so much in those experiences. And I've been able to be truly helpful in such profound ways beyond anything I ever imagined was personally possible for me to experience. And so for this reason, I'm now training people who would like to be spiritual counselors. And I also offer a spiritual counseling intensive, which is a week-long intensive for people who would like to improve their counseling skills or develop some counseling skills or who would like to do it as part of my certification program. So that spiritual counseling training intensive, the next one is, and I haven't done one in two years, and the next one is in May. And it's in North Carolina, and all the details are at jenniferhadley.com. You can look on the events page. Also, just an FYI, I've got uh, a, a, a retreat also in North Carolina called Stop Playing Small. So it's uh, four days, three nights, wonderful getaway, beautiful retreat center in the Blue Ridge Mountains of North Carolina. I think we're going to have an amazing, great time. And I'm also doing a retreat for the advanced students of Master for Living. Anyone who's ever taken Master for Living uh, year two, three or beyond is more than welcome to come and join at the advanced uh, retreat. So, these are some opportunities for us to get together and deepen our work. Now, going back to here, For They Have Come is the name of the section. What is a hundred or a thousand years to them or tens of thousands? When they come, time's purpose is fulfilled. So, our brothers and sisters... They're coming into our life at the perfect moment. It doesn't matter how many thousands of years we've held a grudge, we've had an issue, (laughs) felt remorse, whatever it is that has come to be healed in this moment, in this holy instant now, Time's purpose is being fulfilled because we have an opportunity to join together in the love, in the peace, in the harmony. It says, What never was passes to nothingness when they have come. What hatred claimed is given up to love and freedom lights up every living thing and lifts it into heaven where the lights grow ever brighter as each one comes home. The incomplete is made complete again and heaven's joy has been increased because what it is it's what is its own has been restored to it. The bloodied earth is cleansed and the insane have shed their garments of insanity to join them on the ground whereon you stand. Heaven is grateful for this gift of what has been withheld so long, for they have come to gather in their own. What has been locked is open. What was held apart from light is given up. That light may shine on it and leave no space nor distance lingering between the light of heaven and the world. So, once again, in approaching our brothers and sisters as the Christ and being willing to see the Christ in them, to have a disciplined practice of cultivating an awareness, oh, I'm feeling irritable, oh, I'm feeling sad, oh, I'm feeling regret, I'm feeling like attacking, I'm feeling like blaming, I'm feeling like shaming. To interrupt the pattern and take that pause, take that choose again moment and say, oh, I'd rather see the Christ in them. 
Yes, I could complain about them, but I'd rather see the Christ in them because I'd rather experience heaven than hell. This became my practice. I'd rather experience heaven than hell. I've been in hell. Now let me experience heaven. It says, The holiest of all spots on earth is where an ancient hatred has become a present love. Ain't that the truth? If you've ever had an experience where you really, really despised someone and you had a willingness to transform it, or maybe you went through hell to transform it. I certainly know people who have gone through hell in their relationships. But to bring it home, to see the Christ in them, is making it the holy spot. And so, this is the holiest spot on earth where an ancient hatred has become a present love. And it says... Our brothers and sisters come quickly to the living temple where a home for them has been set up. There's no place in heaven holier. So there's no place in heaven holier than our loving heart extending it to someone that we used to have hatred about, that we used to have anger and resentment about. There is no holier spot. No holier spot in heaven. And they have come to dwell within the temple offered them to be their resting place as well as yours. What hatred is released to love becomes the brightest light in heaven's radiance. And all the lights in heaven brighter glow in gratitude for what has been restored. So this is one of the floweriest sections in terms of the writing. There's so much poetry here. Uh, You can really feel it. And the beauty, Jesus is really laying it on thick for us to inspire us to practice the simple practice of seeing the Christ in our brothers and sisters. It says in paragraph 7, Around you, angels hover lovingly to keep away all darkened thoughts of sin and keep the light where it has entered in. So you see, through our willingness to practice seeing the Christ in others, then the angels come and surround us to help us keep focused on seeing the love, seeing the light, being the Christ, living the Christ, seeing the Christ, recognizing the Christ. All manner of assistance comes forward to support us when we're willing. This is why our willingness is so valuable and vital. Taking this really to our heart here, it says, Your footprints Lighten up the world, for where you walk, forgiveness gladly goes with you. No one on earth but offers thanks to one who has restored his home and sheltered him from bitter winter and the freezing cold. So, when we're offering to see the Christ in another. We're offering them a way home, a way to heaven. We're offering them shelter from the storm, from the bitter winter and the freezing cold. And shall the Lord of heaven and his Son give less in gratitude for so much more? So think of this. Take a sip of my main water here. Think of this. Think of someone who was unconditionally loving towards you. And maybe when they were loving you and expressing that towards you, maybe at that time, you felt undeserving of it. You felt that you were acting out or behaving badly. And they are now embracing you with love, with kindness, with compassion, with understanding. Perhaps a parent or a grandparent or a teacher or 
auntie or uncle, somebody along the way shared that kind of love with you when you didn't feel deserving of it. And it redeems you. It restores you and it redeems you. This is what all of heaven rejoices in when you can extend this to another. This is being truly helpful. It says, Now is the temple of the living God rebuilt as host again to him by whom it was created. So, this is our homecoming. This is everything. This is the whole practice of A Course in Miracles in a nutshell. We have this holy opportunity. And all day long, every little grievance that we have, we can choose heaven instead. The grievance, the upset, the irritation is a reminder to choose heaven. So let's choose heaven right now. Oh, let's take that breath and turn within so grateful and so thankful for the love of God that is refreshing, renewing, and restoring us in every moment. So grateful to recognize our brothers and sisters are the Christ. We are all the Christ. We are declaring our willingness to see and know and feel the Christ in all. We are grateful and thankful to give up the habit of bearing false witness against our brothers and sisters and to see only the truth, know only the truth in them and around them. We are grateful and thankful to share the healing. We are grateful and thankful to be a healing, loving presence in this world. In gratitude, we accept all the gifts that are ours to receive. And in gratitude, we let it be. And so it is. Amen. 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 Thank you for joining me today. Much love to you. I hope to see you in North Carolina and if you enjoy this radio show, remember it's all run on donate donations, and you can make a donation to Unity. You can make a donation to the Power of Love Ministry at powerofloveministry.net. God bless you. I love you. Have a great week.